It's Friday, August 26th. You're listening to the Tech Breakfast Podcast, the show that brings you delicious tech news and all the hot takes you can handle. Tyler Gates, Russ Campbell, and Aaron Bewley. It's episode 263. I can't wait to say like 500 or 1,000. That's going to be really fun. How's it going, One fellas? 1,000 episodes. Are you going to do the pinky thing? What? Mm-hmm. I should do it. Oh, come on. One you know what I'm evil? talking about. Yeah. He yeah. Knows. He knows. What? The pinky? Mute him. <laughs> you can't mute me. Yeah, I swear I'll keep him. talking for. That's great. For those of y'all that don't, uh, that can't see it, he muted himself. It was not either of us. <laughs> that was that was oh. pretty good. I I appreciate that. I'm all shook up here, but we. We got it. We got to get right into today in tech history. It's um, it's Friday, and I'm happy we didn't even answer your question. Uh, We're doing great because it's sunny good. outside. It's probably gonna get hot. Uh, the half of my yard that's dead is apparently gonna stay dead because the rain did not bounce back some of my yard, which is sad, sad, sad story. But it's Friday, so I'm in pretty high spirits. Good. Well, speaking of dead, there was a raccoon that ate one of my chickens' heads uh, this morning. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, chickens like uh, suburban chickens—they die a lot. Uh, any chicken anywhere, they die a lot. I don't so know. Everything I don't likes think, to I eat chickens. Well, that's not true. I was going to say that the chickens at Tyson's facilities probably don't die from raccoons, but they definitely no. But die. they die. They're so, bred to die. Yeah. No, you're. Yep. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry for I, bringing it down. <laughs> <sighs> it's sunny. It's Fridays, and chickens die. Yeah, I'm sorry. Not a typically, lot. but they did today. Okay. Well, I think it's pretty um, typical. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's hard to keep them alive, man. Everything loves I noticed. Yeah, yeah, that's that's crazy. You've lost it. Yeah. What, snakes, hawks, raccoons? Didn't see that one. Yeah, coming. bobcats, oh, raccoons? coyotes. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Raccoons. Well, the thing that the thing that frustrates me about raccoons is they don't do anything. They just come in and they kill it. They, they Are you serious? Yeah, they'll eat, just like, they eat the head, and then they yeah, and then the rest of it is just there. Guys, the raccoons are jerks. They are, man. It's terrible. I'm they're, sorry. I shouldn't. This is a tech show. Let's bring it back this way. Oh, but I'm gonna install a little really uh, topic. You're clever. I'm gonna install a little internet connected um, laser device in there that'll you know bust the raccoons when they come in. Okay, today in tech history, let's get back on track, man. Get auto tracking. I just killed that. Here we go. First use of the tape recorder in radio happened on August 26th. You got to tell me the year. Radio station WQXR in New York City broadcasts a program using a tape recorder for the first time. The tape recorder used was the Phillips Meyer recording system, also known as Miller Tape, invented by James Arthur Miller. I don't know why, but I'm going to say 1947. First thing that came into my head. I'm trying to channel my inner Russ here. Wow, yeah, that's so. I I love the tactic, and I'm gonna go with the same thing as well. However, my date was way earlier. Um, yeah. 1906 was what came like into it. my head as he was speaking. So that's that's, uh, my mm, that's a, probably a much better guess. Uh, except they said radio station, and I'm I'm I just don't know when those became like we had lots of radio communication that started earlier. When did we really start to like? push it out to the masses like am fm i don't know uh I don't and know. Then tape recorders, i'll tell you boom. i do know 1920 it's the 20s it, no yeah. 
I, I should have gone back to my old go-to, which is everything was invented and released in the 1920s. Everything. Yeah, the, ro- yeah, the roaring, roaring 20s, <laughs> if I could say that. Uh, yeah, roaring. November 2nd, roaring. 1920. They were kicked off wow. with uh, with radio, apparently, the roaring 20s. Actually, that does make a lot of sense. Does that mean I, I won? You know, was I closer? No, that means Wait, your date is impossible, like... Russ. I'm sorry. <laughs> impossible. <laughs> Okay, I'll just give it to you. 1938. Tyler, you win. Congratulations. <laughs> Let's move on. Hey! Happy Friday. Wait a minute. Yeah. Hold on. It wasn't 1920? No. It was 18 years after that. Then they, mm. they used oh, a program. You're saying, you're, okay, oh, you you're were answering my radio. question about radio stations. Yeah, 1920 is I, when the very first Russ, broadcast of a radio station happened. Russ and I and didn't we catch to that. Guess I'm, I'm willing to guess oh. that our listeners also didn't yeah. catch that. But now okay. it makes sense. I'm sorry. So I wasn't too far off. That that makes me happy. Well, congratulations. I was having I'm, bit- <laughs> yeah. I'm not bitter. Oh, man. And we got uh, Daniel on now, too. That's awesome. Yay! He was messed up. Well, fix no. it, man. I want to learn about this uh, super it. secret. I want to learn about this super secret VR headset that's coming out in October. But um, okay, Daniel, cool. Well, let's move Daniel, past that. You need to learn how to telegram. Like, yeah. just learn how to telegram, and this won't be a problem Whoa. anymore. All right. Mm-hmm. None of okay. us have audio we're, uh, I'm here now. I'm here. Oh, yes. Whoa. Okay. He made it. All right. Um, which one do you want to talk about first? We want to talk about this uh, this VR headset that, that Zuck was talking about on JRE Zuck. yesterday, Zuck. or do we want to talk about the T-Mobile thing? Daniel, can you last pass. talk about can you talk about the VR headset? I can talk about what what you can Zuck just repeat said. what Zuck said. Already <laughs> yeah. in the news. Word for word. <laughs> Verbatim. Dude, when, when he was describing it, I didn't listen to the whole podcast. I just saw like a, a soundbite where they were talking about that piece right at the beginning. How is, how is it tracking the face? Do you know that? I mean, there's got to be cameras like on the outside of like what's going on there. And how does he know? I guess because there's like an alien. He was describing there's an alien like mimicking him. So he knows it's I like. I thought you were going to go down a way different route. Like an alien told it to him in a dream or something no 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 boom. now <laughs> that wouldn't now, be far Daniel off of, has one <laughs> yeah that wouldn't be far off of uh how how the jre podcast goes but so t- <laughs> tell me tell me what you know um, tell us what we're allowed to know that you know yeah yeah, yeah. even if yeah, that's, that's just a way to say based I, on what <laughs> zuck said should we be as excited as it seems like we might be yeah <laughs> well i don't know how it tracks uh, eye or face tracking. Um, Do you have one in your living room? <laughs> Isn't that the one you were trying to hide from me on video the other day? No. No. Definitely not. <laughs> no comments. <laughs> but yes. <laughs> he said no. He very clearly said no. Yeah, you no, are it mistaken, like a, It was like sir. a question mark. <laughs> all right. Sorry. This is a joke for, for all the meta people listening. Yep. <laughs> no VR headsets were shown. Nope. If if there were even any VR headsets, there was there was nothing shown. There was nothing shown. Or or even implied. We just want him to have one, and we want him to tell us about it so that you can all hear about it. (laughs) And that's why we got him on the show under false pretenses, and we're trying to spring it on him. Just we try to trap him all the time like this. He never falls in the trap. You're very good at your job, and it bothers me. Can we can we pause for a moment? Let's pause. Let's pause for a moment. I am very confused right now. What is happening okay. right now? What is happening? We're trying to get Are Daniel we extorting Daniel or not? We were trying to. 
<laughs> well, no, right. let's all right. So let's just talk through what Zuck said, right? So Zuck was basically he was bashing on on like the zooms of the world, and he's like, you know, your brain just you're not making eye contact with the person you're looking at. You try to get your brain to think that you're in the same room. It just doesn't happen. Right. He's talking about the benefits of VR and, and, and how it just becomes immersive and you almost have to trick your brain into realizing that it's not a real world that you're in. And then he started talking about some other stuff, the advantages of this new system that are coming out that does eye tracking. So you're making um, eye contact with people face tracking he was talking about like haptic sensation into gloves um that that would be paired with it lots of different cool stuff like that so i'm i'm just curious no more yeah. pressure daniel if there's anything well, else that you can talk about well so so let me talk about what you know what's available today like with with quest 2 or, or other headsets which don't have eye or face tracking so you know we have you know vr meetings there's a dozen vr meeting apps that are out there uh, a lot of them are trying to be the quote-unquote zoom of, of VR. Um, but when you're using avatars and the SDKs that are available to people today, you can you can do an avatar that you know where you have head and you can move the mouth uh, pretty accurately based off of you know what they're saying, and you can you know you can track you know if someone's shaking their head yes or no, or staring off into space. Uh, but there is no expression besides just the mouth moving in regards to you know showing someone what you're thinking and feeling through <laughs> through your through your face and, uh, and and also with your eyes so right now you know avatars have eyes but we can kind of tell them to look at things so you know if we if we can say hey you know your avatar uh you know the middle point of your view is at this so let's mimic the eyes looking at that and and add in some random animations that that, that we try and make them be as natural as possible uh, but they're still a, a little off-putting so that's kind of what um, avatars are in today's world for what you know what's available for for developers the the big thing with this new headset uh, which we don't know the name of we I think Zuckerberg said it will be coming in October, and uh, so we we know that will have eye tracking and face tracking, and that will fill in the gap of what we've been trying to mimic uh, <laughs> avatars doing in in virtual meetings, where you can you know see someone's real facial expressions and and you can you can uh, you know use eye tracking to actually have that person like look at you um, and it'll be a lot more natural um, than than what you can get today and you know I, one of the things you're talking about with you know zoom meetings and, and that whole clip is and we and we've talked about this on the show before is you know, when you're in a zoom meeting, any kind of video meeting most of the time people are actually staring at themselves in the camera to make sure they're not doing anything ridiculous um, but you know, if, if if you're in a meeting as an avatar and you don't have a camera on yourself anymore, then it becomes much more like, hey, we're in the room, even though we're as we're in the room as avatars together, but we're we're able to uh, to, to look at each other directly from that sense. So you can't confirm or deny if it's called the MetaQuest Pro. You don't know that. Which is uh, I don't. I don't. But there's lots of news outlets like. 
the one you just linked it. upload vr road to vr and a bunch of other ones that are saying it will be called the meta quest pro but i do not know okay, okay how, ask you this how does the purple one feel in your hand Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> um, help me understand this. It says it's confirmed it's using uh, pancake lenses, which supports smaller dis- displays with a narrower gap between the panels and lenses. What is that? I don't. Uh, what is that versus? So, what, what do we have now? Are they not like flat yeah, so, or curved so, or something? So, yeah. So right now I have a, a Quest 2 in front of me. Um, and it sticks out from your face about two and a half, three inches. Um, what pancake lenses will do is make that a much smaller form factor. So they won't stick out on your face uh, as much as the head to suit. It'll be closer to like what you get with like ski goggles is, is kind of what the, okay. the, the hope, the hope there is. Um, and and, and there's some other benefits. Through. That was cool. Yes. So like when, when you step outside your boundary, it's no longer going to be black and white. You see real color, which gets me so like jacked because I want that, that uh, AR experience where we're going to start overlaying stuff um, and it's got a better depth sensor. So we're going to get closer yeah. to that next reality. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm, and, I'm and about it, that too. Yeah. And, and it won't be just when you're stepping outside of your boundary, like they're giving developers limited access to it. Um, you know, we, we can't do any like, and, and we've had this, you know, we've had pass through available to developers for a while now, so that's not anything new, but I think color pass will make it a lot more lively. Um, but you know, you can, you can uh, look at the world around you. You can adjust your VR experiences based off of the environment you're in. So, you know, one of the ones I always talk about with, you know, in, in the meetings that I do is, you know, you could bring a, a headset to to your your favorite coffee shop and and work from there and you know hopefully it won't be as uh as uh, like distracting as, as like yeah. a, as, as a quest 2 headset was sure um, is that socially like, acceptable nowadays no, i've like, done it, I've I've done it, it. before yeah. <laughs> just, just as a test where we've had a couple of us go into a coffee shop and one person sat on one end of the room and then the other person with the headset sat on the other side of the room we kind of just monitored uh, <laughs> people people yeah. looking at you. Uh, and, and Somebody they're, comes they're, up and takes a bite of your sandwich while you're in yeah. VR. <laughs> yeah, so there, there's there's quite a few stairs you get there. And then, you know, when you're working in VR in that environment, you're not aware of what's happening. So someone could, <laughs> someone could take a bite of your sandwich if they wanted to. But, right. you know, that's the cool thing Walk with mixed phone. reality. Yeah, that's cool with mixed reality is also you can put on a headset and you can be in the environment that you're in. So, you know, if you want that, coffee shop ambiance and, and and whatever uh you can still do that you can see like all of your stuff you know you can see your bag and and all that and still be uh i, I guess really bridging both your virtual and real world environments that seems like a like a whole lot of input to be getting both environments at the same time i'm curious to see how people juggle that because just just because the pass throughs there because you could it, it we're not very good at multitasking in those kinds of situations so i I wonder if it's going to be very much like on or off as opposed to a true not to say that there won't be applications that take advantage of mixed reality where you're getting it but you you really couldn't like take in the experience of being in a coffee shop interacting with people in a coffee shop and working in a vr context it would just be immediate access to both you know kind of like context switching i would think but yeah it needs to happen 
Yeah, it, it's kind of like, like you know the, the open office spaces. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, I, I mean, I totally, I, I see the, the advantage, um, and, and I can totally see some of the applications, and, and I think, you know, kind of to your comment chain there, the, the technology that makes the VR experience more human and more personal, and then also the, the hardware technology that makes it less obtrusive and obnoxious will make it easier and easier to see adoption and stuff like that, you know, uh, those mixed open, open workspaces, stuff like that will, will be, it will be much more acceptable when you don't have, you know, 15 pounds of gear hanging off your head and a, and a cable arm plugging you in. Right. And I know we're past some of that already, but you get my point. Yep. And uh, just a heads up on the pricing. Um, This is just coming from me who knows nothing, Um, but the current quest just got a hike up to 399 Project Cambria, potentially the Quest Pro, whatever, um, is scheduled to be significantly more expensive. People are guessing around 800 bucks. So that's what we're looking at. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've read rumors online anywhere from 800 to 1200. Yeah. I think that's closer uh, to how it should be, honestly. Let's, yeah, let's sure. Money bags. No, I'm not saying for me. I'm saying the type of technology that it is. Like when the very first it one does, came it out, does and seem it was like, like 150 bucks. You're just like, what in the world? Okay, I'm clearly part of the beta test group here. uh, And I'm, yeah, I'm being pulled into this. But anyway, (laughs) let's let's talk about pricing for a moment because uh, I have the Quest 2 that I can see Mm -hmm. over there. I can also see my left controller, which is about all I can do with it because it doesn't work. Um, Nice. So I went to replace the controller because I'm the best kind of customer. I don't send this to support. I just go to Amazon and I order the new controller. The problem is, is ordering a new controller is like $300. Oof. I just, so that happened to one of mine and I just went to, um, I went to their support and they sent me an extra one. Well, I'm going to probably it's the do original, that. Actually. But, but my, yeah. my struggle is, is like, why? So I, it's like, why? Why is How it is like this that? Why can't I just go, yeah. Why can't I just go get my replacement remote? You know, and yeah. uh, it's just that's just the way that I'm wired. Like if I have, why I is it three hundred dollars? different. Yeah. Why is it three hundred dollars? Right. Like after a year of use of something, I don't really even think about going to support. Like I think of literally just going and just buying the new thing it's probably not right or responsible but it's just the way that my mind works so i just i didn't even remotely consider going to support i just (laughs) went to amazon and then i and i like couldn't find what i was looking for and it was just it was just i was surprised at how expensive it was i was like i might as well buy a new headset and then i'm getting texts from an unknown person i won't tell anyone who it is it's like there's maybe a new headset coming out and then I'm like, well, maybe I should just buy two of those. So when my left controller breaks, I'll have another one ready for me. And it's going to be the same price anyways. So that's uh, that's where my mind went with it. So anyways, meta, well, mark, it, it, fix it. In, in fairness on the pricing, so I went to store.facebook.com and looked at the Quest accessories. And it's 75 bucks on there. So you're just maybe, dealing with maybe just Amazon don't go to the drop shipper on Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen that website before. That's interesting. Neither have I. So I guess uh, that's where you go to buy the meta portal Ray Ban stories. Yeah. Well, when I looked at it, I actually so I couldn't find it on Amazon. And I ended up going to the uh to like the meta website and looking for it. And that's where I got my price from. So I don't know what was going on that day, but I just obviously I didn't order it. Um, 75 bucks and I would have ordered it. Like I would have just 
ordered a new one. So I don't know. Weird, weird things going on, but hopefully it, that that problem doesn't run into anyone else again because it certainly did to me. Because I, I mean, I literally just went and my my quest was charging and stuff. I just went and unplugged it and threw it in the case. I was like, okay, well, <laughs> maybe I just won't use <laughs> yeah. this thing right now. Well, so let's one more thing on this, Daniel. I'm curious your take on the Ray Ban stories um, that's listed on the website you just mentioned, but the smart glasses designed to keep you in the moment. I guess it's it's got the cameras on it, right? It's it's uh, capturing, sharing, listening uh, to what's going on. What's your take? <laughs> uh, you don't like that question. <laughs> I I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> do not like being honest with you. Yeah, they're they're not really you know they're not really I mean they're it's like a a, a Zuck assistant on your eyes. It's how how I look at it. It's just it's sucking in more of your data. It doesn't really provide you much uh, besides you have another. It, you know, it's like Snapchat spectacles where you can just upload right. more stuff to Instagram or Facebook or whatever. But I'm I'm not a fan. I I will not be purchasing one anytime soon. Yeah, I, I say. I mean, good for Ray Ban getting in on the deal. That's sure. awesome. Good for them. But yeah, yeah it's really interesting cool. that yeah they do look great. Um, they got integrated cameras and all that kind of stuff, and clearly a microphone and all that because it's got the I, voice commands. You could just say, "Hey, Facebook," and all that. Yeah, I think the target market for that is probably quite large too. Um, you know, affordability aside, not not to say that there's a an economic disparity there, but I think like that whole Insta crowd that does want to sort of stream um, a lot, if not everything, literal streamers, right? Like I can I can imagine a fairly significant population that, that would be interested in this i i don't know much about it though i actually didn't know these existed until you just brought it mm. up i'm kind of curious okay. what uh, penetration market penetration looks like well, it certainly if, uh, I, I mean i guess that says something though because like i i literally did not know this existed until just now when you brought it up and now i'm looking at it on the on the store and like that's odd uh i feel like as much as I don't catch advertising, because you know I don't watch like cable television and I block a lot of ads when it comes to digital stuff, most big announcements get through. Um, what, like, this is like really quiet. It seems odd. Yeah. Well, yeah, it came out I, a little while ago, but yeah, I think it was it was a pretty quiet announcement, like the Chevy EV, like no <laughs> announcement, it was like crickets. <laughs> they're they're trying. Ford made I mean, a I, massive deal of it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think this is like, you know, a first gen of these products. I don't think they were expecting to sell a lot of them, mm. uh, but it's the first, first generation. So I think they just wanted to get it out there, get some people's feedback and sure. And keep that keep working sense. on yeah. it. So. Um, well, if anyone has some, come on and talk to us about it. They're 300 bucks, these... uh, 330 for the polarized. Yeah. So that's actually what I was going to say. Price wise. I recognize these are sunglasses, but you also have to understand Ray-Ban pricing. Like, yeah, I'll just share it this. It's already I pretty spent, expensive. I, yeah, I spent $250 on a pair of Ray-Bans literally like two days ago um, for like, uh, what's it called? Like the, I, the type of sunglasses they wear in Top Gun, right? So it's like the, yeah, the aviators. aviators. Yeah, The aviators. Thank you. Thank you. And so those, to get the polarized, were like after shipping and everything at like 250 bucks. So like jumping on here and seeing these kind of starting at 299, 
was surprising to me. I sort of expected these to be yeah. quite a bit more expensive than and the, I the, main... the Arabian name and what they're doing. Yeah. 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 They, Dude, uh, the they obviously gave website. up some margin on that. You know, basically just they're going to, they're going to, they're going to give up some of their profit to kind of get in on this new wave. If it ends up being a wave, I guess that is interesting. This yeah. would be really yeah. cool. You know, Aaron, I feel like you and I have talked about it before, but looking at like YouTube creators and stuff like that, um, mm-hmm. obviously the really good ones have quite a bit of production value. I feel like Instagram and, and other shorter form factor videos lend themselves to stuff like this a little bit more, just sort of a point of view, just put something together, you know, fairly quick. But, yeah. you know, we've talked about the difficulty in actually doing a good job of documenting stuff that could be interesting to you know, people that listen to this podcast or right. would want to watch you build a battery or, or a, you know, a, a car in your garage. And I, I still think the time that it takes to go and make it production worthy, like this doesn't change that, but sure. it certainly makes capturing your viewpoint of projects like that. Uh, very simple. Uh, yeah. Outside of the fact that in this case it's it's very Facebook heavy, right? Um, which I mean that has its downsides, obviously. Well, there's a uh, few use cases that jump immediately to my mind, exactly as you're describing there. Um, there's a there's a comedian that I catch his stuff regularly, and he when he's on stage he has a little GoPro, and what he's found is he gets a lot more traction whenever he's uploading his little clips or whatever. He does a lot of audience commentary, and so for hmm. him to really make it connect with the audience that's then watching it online. He just points his GoPro at them, right? Yeah. So if he's just wearing spectacles that have clear lenses or whatever, cause it'd probably be weird if he's up there in in, uh, in darkened shades or whatever, um, maybe it makes it easier on him. Right. So it could be a simple solution, but that's a very, very uh, niche use case, but it's probably a lot. Of yeah, for sure. Like but, but, but I yeah, can, somebody I, that's like doing I said, woodworking, just, building yeah. stuff or like cooking, uh, where you like, you really can't hold a camera and try to position stuff and you need, yeah, that'd be cool. Or, or even, even as just a, a baseline. I mean, I'm looking at the specs of the cameras. I think they're what five, five megapixel or something like that. Um, dual five mil- megapixel one, the fact that it's dual, you could actually get some stereoscopic effects that could be neat. Um, you know, just e- even post-processing wise, but, um, well, that's true. I didn't even catch that. That, that'd be pretty slick uh, could be could be slick but i can imagine again back to the creator side usually for me especially woodworking in particular but this is true of metalworking really any creating um that's happening it's it's usually pretty cool to have different viewpoints so you know you put the gopro and you're watching a board come through a, a bandsaw for instance or or you've got it at a certain angle and you can see welding happening from you know behind the curtain whatever it is you, you could still do that, but with something like this, your baseline can always be your point of view, and and it's just one viewpoint. You don't have to set anything up for, or you know, fiddle with with the device. You just have a constant feed, um, which I'm again, like you could actually stream the creation side of it, and then go make your post production. So I, I feel like the YouTube production community would really put these to good use, actually, if if you could use use it for YouTube or your own sort of editing, which I, I just don't know enough about to say if you could or not. Like, well, are, so these, you, you buy are some, they, are they locked buy to Facebook, hit, right? Uh, I don't think so. I don't know. It'd be really, really interesting to figure out. Okay. Uh, we need to move 
topics. Yeah, here we, because we can, I don't want to run out of too much time. Oh, but before before we jump yeah. completely, I mean, we're gonna I'll, I'll move off of this, but I want to go back to um, VR a little bit. Uh, I was I was at the Dallas DevOps Days uh, conference this week, so Wednesday, Thursday, um, up in Plano, and um, a lot of really interesting content. Um, I'm still trying to wrap my head around that whole community at not being a developer. It's more advocacy and just sort of understand what's happening at the end users of a lot of the stuff that I use. But there was a really cool session on Thursday. Um, and I'm trying to remember the name of the guy that presented it. Patrick Dubois, I think was his name. Um, and he he presented, uh, really, it was, it was a neat presentation because it was basically a a wandering through his technical curiosity about all the things that are happening that, that are exciting to him, right? And he wasn't presenting it as a subject matter expert or anything like that, but a lot of the content he talked about had to do with the metaverse and artificial intelligence and virtual reality and, and oftentimes like where those things were sort of intersecting. And I think the name of his session was something like a DevOps walks into the metaverse or what happens when. So it was it was a little bit of a, you know, clickbaity title, but it was fun. And um, one of the ones, one of the, the topics that he got into, and Daniel, I really wanted to kind of hear your thoughts on this, was the the amount of artificial intelligence that's going into the generation of more lifelike avatars in general. So you think about the way we used to do uh, like motion capture in video games. You literally had physical actors with their dark suits on. They had all these points all over we were tracking. We've gotten to the point where we can do that with video cameras. Back to what you were saying about, you know, facial actually being able to track the face. Then not only do you have like a lifelike presence potentially online, but it's literally your live motion that's being captured so they can transpose it. And a lot of that is being done with, with, the help of, of AI now, you you marry that up with, um, again, like sort of the tracking, um, the ability to quickly sort of scan and wrap a skin on an avatar. So you could, you could take a quick video of your head and then you could actually smack your face onto an avatar and then you could go and, you know, modify it, add makeup, change your hair color, whatever, whatever you want to do in that regard. Um, but then you layer on top some of what's happening with um, like auto generation of images, a la Dali or um, stable diffusion, and and then deep fakes, and you start to get into a really interesting: does this person exist in its entirety? Indeed. You could have NPCs in this a is meta happening. environment. But Did you well, see yeah, the one two I, days it, ago? The Binance no. executive. No, so I th- didn't. Dude, this just happened forty-eight hours ago. There was a Binance executive that was scammed. Basically, a, a group created a deep fake hologram, is what they're calling it, of this person. <laughs> this person then had multiple meetings with crypto developers and scammed Holy them cow. out of like massive investments. Holy and cow. Then, and they didn't know, like, this guy didn't know about it until they got an email from these people saying, Hey, thank you so much for your investment and in, in, or like your, your time Holy spent with us. And, you know, here's, here's your money and blah, 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 whatever. Uh, he's like, What are y'all talking about? Yeah, so it's it's moved beyond just people copying people's profiles in social media to yeah. now having holding meetings with investors pretending to be to, uh, oh, to that's be wild. certain people. Insane. You know, what's going to be if if I could chime in the yeah, the thing that's going to be a little different for VR, and this is this kind of is, is what has trailed in the 3D sort of rendering space for a long time is real-time rendering of this on, say, a headset is where the 
where the shortfall will come. So like being able to do the, the level of defake in VR is an interesting piece here. Uh, but what, what is more interesting to me more so than even like the progress will make it being able to actually render that in real time in like a digital meeting room. I watched, I, I don't even watch this show, but I watch clips on YouTube all the time. AGT America's got talent. It's like the best YouTube clip show you could possibly have. Uh, <laughs> There were just some, it's like from two days ago, they were saying some top, you know, top videos from this year, whatever, top, top acts. And these people were going in, these two guys walked out and they said, you know, we're, <clears throat> we started a company in 2020 and we just met for the first time together. It's like a two person company and they just met for the first time on AGT. And they said that they, they make AI software that um, basically, you know, manipulates video. Well, they brought a camera out to, to Tyler's point and they put it on a former AGT performer who they brought out from like four years prior, who's a singer. And he was dressed. I noticed this right away. I was like, man, he's dressed identical to Simon Cal. Well, they did a deep fake <laughs> of Simon Cal singing this miraculous, you know, song. And Simon was, you know, bordering yeah, on a bear right in front of them. Like live in front of them with just the camera pointed on him, right? That's insane. Wow. Yeah, to do this. And it, it was and it obviously it wasn't perfect, but it was still remarkable. And my thought there was less about the camera and less about how remarkable it is. Two dudes did this <laughs> on their own. Like they built, yeah. they started a company yes. remotely between themselves and they did this. So, like, talk about how clearly the ability to do this is already democratized yes no you, it you've is, got this it person is. doing it that aaron just mentioned it's just wild absolutely it, it wild. really is and, and it came up it was neat and, and i'll say this right like um that that devops day session patrick's session uh he really he really didn't delve into like the, the ethical side of this that there were questions that kind of try to take down the path but again he wasn't representing himself as a subject matter as, expert so much as just look at what's happening around us and how quickly these things are moving but like, I'm familiar with a lot of the baseline topics that he was talking about, because honestly, we've run into a lot of them on our show. And even then, even having a pretty healthy springboard for artificial intelligence, uh, you know, the machine learning backend side of that, uh, virtual reality, even video gaming, avatar meta, like you name it, we've talked about a lot of that stuff. I was shocked at how many real-world examples of like significant in improvement in those things that happened, even in just like the last six months. And I don't know, I don't know if you guys have seen too much of it. It's this is I, I'm sure it's just coming out of certain parts of like the subreddits that I subscribe to. But um, you know, I mentioned Dolly, Dolly Two Mini is the one that 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 uh, has been getting a lot of attention. You know, you'll see all the goofy art that comes out of Dolly Two Mini. Dolly Two Mini was like they're, they're super democratized. Everyone can just go and hit an API and they'll get it. It's not nearly yeah. as compute intensive as what Dolly 2 is capable of. Like if, if you look, some people have paid for access or they've stood up their own systems. Well, I already Dolly, have access, Dolly by two. the way. Yeah. So, so Dolly 2 that's not Dolly 2 Mini is, is incredible. Like just, it is. you can get these absurdly lifelike images out of, of that. It'll still return errors. So. Generation. Oh, for sure. But, I, I but get, I've seen some of the yeah. outputs and stable diffusion blows my mind too. And it's opening all these doors. Wait, what is that? Sorry, I was laughing because I logged back in and Dolly 2 labels me as a human. 
It says Aaron Bewley, <laughs> human. Human. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yes. Stable so diffusion is another stable? It, stable diffusion. And I actually didn't know this until I was reading up about stable diffusion a little bit. What Dolly and Dolly 2 do is is called diffusion um, in the okay. in the back end. So it's text to art or text to image, really, is it's producing an image from that, but it does that by just generating pixels and then recognizing when they they like match what the text was so using kind of like it's it's there's a lot of processes that are going on there but that's that's effectively it just spatters a canvas with pixels until the pixels they the 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 ai believes match the description so it's kind of like is cat not cat hot dog not hot dog only just way freaking advanced beyond that what? but it's so this it, is like the it, infinite monkey thing like you it it kind of is monkeys yeah. in a room for long enough, then they're, they'll create a Shakespeare kind of a right. Is that what you're describing? Because yes, I mean that that's that. It sounds like that's how it works, and I, I haven't read enough about it. I actually learned that last night and learned as a. I'm going to go and put big old air quotes around that because I was just reading it and it it makes sense to me. So I'm kind of pulling that thread a little bit, but it, it's put it this way: it those systems are not going and trolling the internet to find images that they can smash together or blend in some way. It's literally generating it from nothing. It's taking the text and then blank canvassing it until it gets something that it thinks is an image that's appropriate based on the text that it's reading. Hmm. That that was crazy to me because because I even I I like I was using Dolly two for a, a presentation just to generate some random images the other day and I was using Mini you know just hitting an API but. Um, I was trying to get a a scuba diver or a skydiver playing on a tablet, and it, it kept giving me absolute garbage. And when I was talking through it, because I brought it up in the in the conversation, um, I I made the comment like, I guess it just couldn't find enough of a baseline with you know like a, a tablet and a skydiver. Like it it just it couldn't find images that it could smash together for that. Because in my head, that's how that worked. Apparently, it's just yeah. not at all how that works. So I thought that was pretty fascinating. Okay. Well, dude, after the show, let me give me some of those prompts and I'll try it in the, in the Dolly too, like the official open AI one. I'd yeah. How'd you get access to it? Or what'd you do to, to I do asked, that? I asked access when news coverage came out on it a long time ago, I requested access and I got cool. access like three weeks ago or so. But yeah. Nice. That's super cool. It's uh, it's, it's really interesting. Um, it is. Okay. I, I think it's fascinating technology. Oh, oh, but what I was going to say too, right? So as we do go down the ethical side of that, and I think we probably need to get Kurt Bunker back on because I know he's got tons of thoughts in that space. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, they when as as you start to marry some of these technologies together, it's entirely feasible that you could get like full feature length films or you know video games. And I'm thinking about like co-pilot programming, right? So they're using AI to basically predictively put in context or syntax for for certain languages i think that was a, a google thing that i just learned about that came out of the devops days that was news to me but we're, we're getting we're we're probably already there but we're darn close if we're not to getting like fully generated environments of realistic looking all the things including humans all the way down to speech that is completely generated from the ground up by artificial intelligence. Like we're, we're on the cusp of that if people aren't already doing it, right? And you, you can imagine scenarios where something that would be illegal to own 
because of how it was produced, for instance, is now being generated by an artificial intelligence wholly without human interaction. Is that content still illegal? That's crazy. Dude, I know. Look at the photos. It's, it's mind look at the photos I just dropped to you in the in the TBP chat. I all I did was I put in scuba diver using an iPad. I think it I think it nailed it. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. All right. Um, I think you had a question in there for uh, Daniel at one point. Daniel, do you have any comments on any of that? <laughs> yeah, AI sorry. And, kind of ranted there, didn't I? <laughs> and, yeah. No, it's all good. Uh, not, not too much to add to that. I guess it's we're we're heading down a a pretty crazy path, and uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't well, know. Think about too, like Russ, you mentioned um, EA is being bought by Amazon this morning, right? Yeah, like, I got to figure out why. I think it's the, some of that technology, right? Some of mm-hmm. well, the IP and the the user base that they have, and the the games and the brand and all that kind of fun stuff. But that technology then gets merged into this AR, XR reality, sprinkle in some of this AI stable diffusion stuff, which I got to go research more of because this is it's blowing my mind what you're describing there. Um, yeah, you can see there's a yeah. strategy about putting all that in a big melting pot and coming out with just some absolutely insane groundbreaking experiences. I, I can certainly see... I can see that idea and I can see there being merit to it. I, I think what I'm wondering... I have two thoughts here. One is like, I'm trying to wonder why it's just been so prevalent. Like I understood the acquisition from Microsoft to Activision. One, it was opportunistic because they had all this stuff coming out, lowered their stock price. Microsoft is, you know, they're in that game, right? They've been making acquisitions for a while now, like trying to bolster their first party studio stuff that they do because candidly, Sony's are much better. And so making acquisitions to do that made sense to me. Like Amazon's is weird. And so it just, that was more of like, what is up with this trend of like acquisitions? Like Bungie just got in some respect acquired or merged with, I think Sony. Um, So like that happened as well. So it's just, there's a lot of this going on. So that's more of the more macro trend I'm curious of digging into, but you're right. There's probably some element of that to it. The more crazy thing to me is, and I'm thinking to myself, if pictures it always starts with stills, right? And then it's going to move yeah. to like video. But it's yeah. like, what so if you took a link. script? Right. Yeah. What if you took a script for a movie and then you just put it through one of these yeah. and then it just no. spit out a movie? So people yeah. people are already yeah. starting to do that stuff. And it's obviously, it's not so mature that you get like a really coherent moving picture. I, I think we're not quite there yet. But like one of the things that Patrick showed in his demonstration that I didn't know exist and there's, I missed the name of the company, but... There, there is a product available today where you can take a human that does not exist and you can drop it into a PowerPoint slide. Then you can build out the text in that PowerPoint slide and that human that doesn't exist will present the content. Holy it's all crap. generated. I was like, what? This exists Dude. right now? Are you kidding me? Flip through the artwork. I dropped a, that link. The stable diffusion is the most important AI art model ever. Flip through Dude, that link. Nuts. Dude, it's humans. Nuts. <laughs> yeah, humans' days are, are done. <laughs> Look at this. Art. I, it's insane. I'm not. It is insane. It, That's it's why Dolly labeled me as a human it. when I logged in. They're like, irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. 
it is so neat to see what's coming out of this stuff already. And, and again, understanding that it's not just blending stuff that it's seen from a body of evidence together is even more fascinating to me. And I had no idea that we were that far along. It, I mean, go go look at this link that, that Aaron shared, and we'll tweet it out after the show too. But when when you think... You've probably seen a lot of, uh, you know, AI-generated images, and and they usually have some goofiness to them. And that's not to say that stable diffusion doesn't generate some stuff like that too. But there are so many examples of stable diffusion that is just fascinatingly good. Like nothing nope. about that looks weird, whether it's because it's meant to be in a particular anime form, or it's just a, a like a background image for a you know a desktop or something. It's incredible. Yeah, what what'll be interesting too, and I had a joke there. Will we tweet it out? Do you have co-tweets yet? Or is it just gonna be I'll tweet, <laughs> yeah. I'll tweet it from the podcast account? I'm um, gonna tweet it What's from my Ray Bands. Hold yeah, on. When you go in here. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Are you or are you not quitting Twitter? Because now you're, <laughs> I want you're to. not not <laughs> having Twitter features. <laughs> I want to so bad. I want to. Um okay, so but when you go <laughs> 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 all right when you go when you go to dolly 2 one of the things is like it makes some assumptions um so when i put in scuba diver using an ipad it does it does a photorealistic version now you can tell there's mm. some like goofiness in it like one of the the breathe the 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 breath things is coming off of the guy's mustache and it just looks sure. kind of funny but the interesting uh, where i'm going with this is you can tell it to do it as like a watercolor or you can tell it to yeah. do it where it looks you like anime it in or whatever. the style of particular artists. You could say, yes. give me this, but Monet. And it's yes. like, oh gosh, why does that look so, so Monet-like? <laughs> yes, and it'll Frank's do it really well. It. And so yeah. what I'm, where my brain then went is, okay, what's next? Like, what is the AI going to create? And, and what type of art is it going to introduce us to that doesn't yeah. even exist yet? Like the, yes. the, the, the styles and formats that we haven't even come up with. It says, hey, what have you thought about this? It's just insane. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, before we run out of time, I'm envisioning this like really increasing the value. Have you ever seen one of those live speed painters? Like they're pretty incredible. Like the things that they yeah. do. Mm -hmm. Yes. I, yes. I, I sort of envision this as increasing their value because I can see this decreasing yeah. the value of a lot of other things. But then the stuff that's done live that you see a human do, and then maybe you compare it to an AI image and it's like, holy crap, I can't believe this human was so talented. They did this. I could see this increasing the value of like uh, performances like that. Just, yeah. a, just a random thought. So, so what I you're a, saying I had a is you're, that you're... actually had a company that did that stuff for a little while. I don't think she kept up with it, but uh, she she would hire artists to do live paintings or paintings of live events. So you know, like you'd have an artist in the the corner of your wedding painting scenes. Um, anyway, it was really cool stuff. But yeah, I hadn't even thought about that. That this would be such a cool way to do digital art in that form or format. So Russ is bearish on the Mona Lisa. Got it. Okay. So <laughs> That's right. Okay, we got to talk. We only have a few more minutes here. We got to talk about uh, T-Mobile and SpaceX. This is my favorite yeah. headline here for today. Forget five G wireless. It. Yeah, forget five G wireless. SpaceX and T-Mobile want to offer zero G coverage. <laughs> zero G. That's great. Yeah. So I looked into that. Obviously, um, pretty pretty near and dear to what I did with the camper setup for our trip. Um, cause I, I have a T-Mobile, uh, home internet box that I tried to use as much as possible because it's, you know, like hardwired into an antenna that sits on top and I can use it while we're in motion, wherever I have coverage. 
Um, but there were plenty of places we went in the boonies where T-Mobile's coverage did not exist. Literally zero bars. Couldn't couldn't enhance that signal. It wasn't there. And uh, from what I was reading, it looks like the plan is to backhaul remote towers using Starlink. So they'll be able to drop the fairly inexpensive tower stuff out in the middle of freaking nowhere, as long as they get the rights to it, different problem. Um, and then there's there's no tunneling for backhaul infrastructure at all. They don't even have to do point to point. It's literally just going to be Starlink that's enabling it, which which should provide uh, you know some pretty amazing coverage in remote areas. And I think it's like, so, yeah. I mean, it's just a ahead, great Russ. idea. It seems it seems obvious. Not only is it great, it seems obvious for for Starlink to try and get involved, you know, from their business's perspective. But man, if they're it's sort of there's even elements in you know in our business where I see things that release every now and then, or partnerships more likely that I see released, and I'm like, oh my gosh, what an uncompetitive, like yeah. a very uncompetitive advantage, like that these people will have or these yeah. organizations have. T-Mobile specifically, but right, like. The uncompetitive advantage they would have over, say, a dramatically larger competitor like Verizon um, is just kind of an interest, which is what I use, by the way, Verizon. It's, it's just an interesting thing here. But I think it's I think it's phenomenal. It's awesome. Like when I go to when I go to Broken Bow, um, my phone basically doesn't function on the largest yeah, carrier. Right. In our but my wife's phone which is actually on a different carrier is on at&t works perfectly fine like at&t is like the only provider that like works there from what i'm told uh so it's just an interesting thing that you know this that those are the types of areas right like broken bows of the world or even more remote where this would be incredibly valuable yeah emergency situations like a hurricane right there's no there's no cell towers that work Yep. It's, it's well, incredible. you're it, still going to have power problems in that case, right? You're probably not yeah. going to have like really robust backup infrastructure for those towers. But it, it kind of no, no, no. Depends, it doesn't I, need towers, is what I'm saying. No, I see. I don't think that's where this is going yet, because the think think about like the the yes, it would. I'm, re- I'm reading the, the article. But okay, interesting. It'll, I, I wouldn't it says it'll that. provide. Yeah, it says it'll provide up to two to four megabits of data. Oh. Wait, yeah, so for- that means, I guess I'm confused about how Starlink is going to communicate directly with your phone. Right. So it's there. there's going to be a newer version of the Starlink satellites that unfolds and becomes a much bigger uh, system because right now the current ones, the signal's too weak. It becomes right. this uh, this antenna that folds out and becomes roughly 25 square meters. And then right. as the satellite passes overhead, the antenna will send and receive data along a focused beam passing across the surface, right, et cetera. Uh, but the way that it would work is the a cell phone would try to talk to towers first. If it can't, then it'll search the sky for connectivity. And it just talks to, I, this through, to the satellites. Instead of having like a, like because right now what you have is um, uh, the the terminal, I guess is what they call it, that's on the ground that can then pull the broad broadband internet um, right. with the larger, more powerful uh, antennas They'll be able to talk directly to phones. Oh, these are on the satellites themselves. You're talking about. Yeah, the satellites will be different, right? They'll the be satellites bigger, more powerful. Be I, I thought you were talking about Correct. the uh, like the terrestrial dish. That uh, okay? That's that's actually really no. You won't need a terrestrial dish anymore, right? And you wouldn't need. Well, yeah, it's not ideal for, from a for speed, lower band connectivity. It sounds like yeah. And yeah, that's, I, I didn't realize that's how they were solving that. Right? That's actually really fascinating. I wonder. Um, I wonder how much of this gives. Uh, 
Musk and Starlink access to um, the frequencies that they were interested in and got denied. Mm. I wonder if that's a, a big part of it too. Like he didn't really, he wasn't given a choice. Um, right. Fascinating. What's, uh, well, it's going to be fun to watch that. What's funny here is just, I know we got to close it out, but I'm looking at this, the comments here, and uh, I'm super proud to see that a dad joke made it to like the most upvoted <laughs> comment in here. If I read the quote, it says, quote, SpaceX and T-Mobile announced an ambitious plan on Thursday evening to provide ubiquitous connectivity to anyone with a cell phone from space. Unquote. And then his quote says, my cell phone is from Earth, so I guess I'm out of luck. <laughs> I knew that one coming. That was good. Uh, Nailed it. Awesome. It was so good. I love a good dad joke. That's cool, though. I mean, it's like then you don't have to have the um, the like a GPS phone with you, et cetera. Right. Or, yeah. um, you know, hand radios, huge. things like that for emergency situations. It's cool. Very solves cool. a real problem. Very Russell, cool. Would you sure. switch to T-Mobile for just for this? If I had this this capability and I was constantly like backwoods, Colorado hiking and I had risk of, you know, whatever. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I might. I think uh, a lot of it depends. So m one of the main reasons Is why you mobile Verizon, terrible. Yeah, I don't. I, like, I mean, I don't know. I go I go all over the country and. I will tell you that I'm in a lot of situations where I'm, of course, around other people where they'll look at me and say, do you have service? And my answer in every spot in this country that's not Broken Bow has been yes. Yeah. <laughs> Russ, like, you're a CTO. Do you have service? It's <laughs> <laughs> so like, like, seriously, though, I mean, Broken Bow is the only place where I've ever looked that's at awesome. other people and said, do you have service? And so yeah. that from that standpoint on Verizon, it's important, especially when I start tethering for work, because like it's still weird how difficult it is sometimes to get connected at different places, like different sure. buildings around the country. And so if this is reliable enough to provide that use case as well as others, like because this is this isn't the primary way of connecting, right? This is the secondary way right, of connecting. Um, yeah. Then I then then backup. maybe. But I think if it became the primary way, I would switch in a freaking heartbeat. That would be an obvious one to me. Yeah. I will and I'm actually like as as clever and interesting as that sounds, uh, the way that they're approaching this connectivity issue, I'm actually kind of sad that it isn't backhaul. Because then you could take something like your existing T Mobile phone and you could actually get some high bandwidth connections through local towers. So you get the cell signal to your phone and then it's just backhauled through uh the the starlink system and that actually sounded more not more elegant i think what they're doing especially for connectivity at the phone level oh you're saying the the brilliant. tower would have space at, uh right uh, yes yeah, I, that's what i was hoping to see that and maybe maybe it'll come maybe that's on the on the horizon but um imagine like that that 5g home internet box that i have baked into my camper now mm -hmm. if if i'm in the backwoods of colorado mountains but I'm reasonably close to a remote tower, then they don't have to get connectivity to that tower. They don't need line of sight to anything except for the sky. And I can use the same 5G or LTE bands to connect to the, the system as I would anywhere else in the nation. And the backhaul just happens to be a high bandwidth satellite connection. Yeah. That, that'd be slick. So mm. maybe they'll, fingers crossed, they'll do both. <laughs> or a no-lose dose. 
you know? Yeah. I, it's, yeah. That's, yeah. that's what I, I, I love see. the idea of, I mean, just, yeah, Tyler, we were out in the middle of nowhere for a long time. There were times where we're going across Wyoming and you're driving for hours and hours and never see right. any, like another structure. Right. That's why and I then, was hoping. Yeah. Yeah. When we were, when Joanne and I were running through the mountains and we're way back country, right. If I slip and break my leg and I'm one of the last people out there in the ultra, you know, whatever, I'd love to be able to text somebody and say, Hey, I can't move, <laughs> you know, it, but it just didn't exist. Do yeah. we need to get nope. one of those tags that like is one of those emergency fallen. tags fall down and up? Fallen and <laughs> <laughs> yes, I vote such yes. That's a great commercial. <laughs> okay, is there any before we shut it down? Was there any other emergency things that came out that we need to talk about? Everybody got hacked uh, again. There's oh, like, LastPass. Like yes, LastPass last developer. Yeah, LastPass last pass, developer systems Plex. That was ugly. To steal source code. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, the source code one. That was oh. horrifying. No, 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 no. Change your Plex passwords. Yep. And um, move off of LastPass. For, for, for your backup service. And then, yeah, I, I mean, I, I use OnePass myself. So it's like, I, I'm. That, that's just a doomsday event for me. If It is. Like, I can't imagine yeah. being a LastPass user right now. Now, granted, no. they're saying no user data was taken. But, like, I would probably Doesn't be matter. changing them the password. If they have yeah, the source code, you're screwed. You're screwed. They're yeah. going to be able to unpack enough of that to be dangerous. Yep. That's not yep. that's that's bad news bears. Total I'm not even going to tell y'all which one I use. I don't want to. Know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. If they, ah. if they get in that, then they have access to everything. Everything. All the things. Yeah. Yikes. Oof. Anyways, yeah. Lots of lots of funky news there. There there are lots of uh, high profile breaches. I would say that have happened recently. Would you say funky sure. news? Uh, maybe. Okay. I don't know what I said. I, I, <laughs> I can't remember sure that part back. He did. I'm just trying to see if I need to bleep uh, that out. Uh, no, no, funky. Not <laughs> okay, dropping there we go. that F bomb. <laughs> close it. Yeah, close it. We, <laughs> On we hit that the note, end. that brings another Tech Breakfast podcast to a close. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We had a bunch of listeners today. Thanks for uh, hopping in here. Feel free yeah. to unmute next time and actually join the conversation. Always open to that kind of participation. But for those of you that are just listening, we love you. Thanks for joining. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. And thanks for sharing with your friends. We'll talk to you next week. I hope. I'm actually going to be out at VM uh, VMware Explore. Um, maybe we could do something with me on the floor with all the screaming behind, but we shall see. Whoa. So take it easy, y'all. Bye. Later. <laughs>